at this time. Ryan, come on up, brother. Um, this is Ryan Gladden, y'all. He is a student under care of Presbytery. Uh, Ryan, uh, uh, so thankful for you to be here. Thank you. I'm going to go sit up there. Don't worry, I'm not leaving. I'm just walking up the stairs to sit with the family, okay? okay. And I'll be back. Don't worry, all right? Thank you, man. Well, thank y'all for allowing me to be here this morning. I thank Jeremiah and the elders and for you, Centennial ARP, for allowing me to proclaim God's word this morning. And so our passage this morning comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And as you turn there, I'll give a little bit of background and a little bit of context to this passage that we're going to read this morning. It occurs about midway through what is often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. It is a couple chapters in the Gospel of Matthew that focuses on a series of Jesus' teachings. And he talks about many different things like lust, like divorce, like anger, and many other things. And today's topic, he's going to talk about anxiousness. And specifically calling us not to be anxious. And this is something that we have to keep in mind through all of time, and especially here in 2022, as we do not know what's to come, and we've got COVID and those kind of things going on. And so before we read God's word this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer once again. Dear gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for this day to worship you. And now as we enter this time to preach and teach your word, may you Clear our hearts and clear our minds this morning to hear what you have to say to us. Father, I am nothing but a weak vessel. Father, use me this morning through your Holy Spirit. Guide me and direct me this morning that we may seek to better understand you through your word. Father, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, so let us read God's word. This is the word of the Lord. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. 
Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Amen. There was a song in 1988 that came out that was an instant hit. And it's a classic to this day. It was the first a cappella song to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. This song is Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. I suspect that many of you have heard this song before, but if you haven't, I encourage you to go home and listen to it later this afternoon. Here are a few of the lyrics for you. I'll save your ears by not singing them for you. Here's a little song that I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry, be happy. In every life we have some trouble, but when you worry you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. There's a lot of truth in this song that we don't need to worry and if we do worry it will only add to our troubles. And so this passage that we're reading this morning gives another beautiful truth into why we shouldn't be anxious. Because the Messiah, Jesus Christ, has come to save and to provide and to care for his people. And so as Jesus begins in verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, he is referring back to something that he just taught about in the passage before. He's saying, think about the thing I just told you, and then he tells us not to be anxious. And so what he talks about right before this passage is thinking about what and who you serve. And he ultimately gives the question, is God or money your master? And so he tells you to think about this. Think about who you serve. And as a Christian, you should be serving God. And then after thinking about who you serve, Jesus then calls us not to be anxious. And so today we're going to focus on three major questions, and I'll point them out here and throughout the sermon. The first question is, what does it mean to be anxious? The second question is, why should you not be anxious? And then the third question is, how can you be free of anxiousness? And so first we'll talk about what it means to be anxious. And so in an article for Table Talk magazine, a guy by the name of Dr. Corey Brock has said about anxiety that it is a restless, body-numbing fear of hypothetical loss. So it is something that slowly creeps in and takes control of you of things that you think about that you might potentially lose. And he goes on to say, according to Jesus... It is an issue of desiring over control of your circumstances, of loving the things of this world, including your self-image, more than you ought to. So it's an anxiety that creeps into you of things that you might lose, and because you might lose those things, you want to fully control those things. And so this kind of anxiousness, this kind of worry is sinful. And now, we have to balance a tightrope throughout the sermon here. And so one of the tightropes that we have to balance is that it's not sinful to ask for your physical needs and well-being. In fact, as we said in the Lord, Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us to say, Give us this day our daily bread. But Jesus is saying it's sinful when you become overly obsessed with these material comforts. 
There's many other places in the New Testament that give us this idea of not being anxious. Like Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. When Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And so we're called to things like thanksgiving. Like prayer and worship of God. And so as you wrestle with what it means to be anxious and what Jesus is talking about here, we have another tightrope in saying we have to look at what Jesus is not saying when he says do not be anxious. So I'm not to be anxious. So I can let go and let God, right? This is a phrase that I've heard used by many people, especially my generation, but... This is not what Jesus is saying. This phrase, let go and let God, is often a phrase that takes on a sort of passive, kind of careless mindset. Where people focus on saying, I can follow the ways of the world and do whatever I want because God is in control. They got part of the puzzle right. God is in control and thank God that he is. But we're not called to simply be idle, simply be passive and just going day by day, doing what we want. Even Paul warns about this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And he talks about keeping away from brothers that walk in idleness. And then in verse 10 of chapter 3 he says, For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Could you imagine if somebody said that on television today? If anyone's not willing to work, let him not eat. This is something that goes against the grain of our culture today. And it's something of idleness that is even encouraged. But Paul is saying that this is sinful and it's not what you're called to do as a Christian. And so you're called to live a life unto God and to serve him every day that you are alive. And so, well, I'm not to be anxious, but I'm also not to be idle. So how, how can we balance those two things? An idea to balance these two things is that you should live and work responsibly to provide for yourself and to provide for your family. But as you do this, as a Christian, you must trust that God will provide all that you need through your labors. So now you have a better understanding of what it means to be anxious and that we shouldn't be idle and we shouldn't be anxious. And this leads into our second question. Well, I know what it is, but why should I not be anxious? And we'll look specifically at verses 25 through 30 here. Jesus says, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus makes a very profound statement here and it's something that we have to grasp and something that we can't just simply cross over. To understand how profound this statement is, you have to understand that life does not happen by chance and it's not something that happens through a random evolutionary process. But rather life is a gift from God. You're only able to live each day because God blesses you with those days that you are alive. And so God gives us the gift of life. 
So would it not make sense further for him to provide and to care for that life? It is part of his process for the gift and care for our lives. And that one day he will call us home when he sees fit. And an even better way that is more profound through the gospel is Romans 8.32 of why we shouldn't be anxious. When it says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God sent his son and gave him up for all of us. And so the fact that God would give up his one and only son for humanity, one aspect of his creation, is quite unbelievable. But brothers and sisters, what a joy it is that he gave up his one and only son. What a joy it is that we are saved through his work on the cross. And so there should never be a day in our lives when we fail to thank God for everything that he has given us. And Jesus moves forward here and gives two common illustrations of why we should not be anxious. First he talks about the birds of the air in verse 26. So you're not to worry about the food that you might get and the potential that you might not have any in the future. He's saying, look at these things that are right in front of you outside almost every day. Look at the birds. They don't make all these provisions for themselves and yet God still feeds them and they're taken care of. And you see that Jesus is talking to people of faith here because he says, your heavenly father feeds them. He's specifically talking to them who recognize God as their Heavenly Father. And again, to reemphasize, you're not called to idleness either. Because though the birds don't gather, they don't reap, they don't sow, they still look for that food that God provides for them. And so you are to work for the things that you have and have been graciously given. And so God provides for the birds. How much more will he provide for you? And then Jesus says in verse 27, And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? When you become anxious, you tend to think that you can add more time to your life. You think that if you have a bunker with all the right canned food and bottled water you can think of, that you will be able to add to your life. That's a little bit of an extreme example. But instead of doing this, instead of thinking that you lengthen your life, you actually shorten your life. Anxiousness is not good for us human beings. And so you have to trust in the provision of the Lord. And then Jesus secondly talks about the things of the field. And first he mentions the lilies of the field. He says, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So you're not to worry about your clothing and the potential that you might not have any in the future. He's saying to consider, to think about, to look upon these flowers. These little flowers like the lilies of the field that may never be seen in their short existence in this world. 
They're still perfectly clothed by God. And Jesus also gives the example of King Solomon. Solomon, if you'll recall, was David's son. So he was of that royal lineage. So he became king. So he was royalty and he had lots of marvelous clothing and probably beautiful palaces. He probably had lots of glory too, but Jesus says here that even King Solomon's glory pales in comparison to these lilies of the field. And so God provides for the lilies. How much more will he provide for you? And then Jesus talks about the grass. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now there's a little bit of context that needs to be here to understand what Jesus is talking about when he says that grass is being thrown into the oven. A commentator by the name of D. Martin Lloyd-Jones has said that in ancient times they used to cut grass and use it for fuel. It was the old way of baking bread. You would cut the grass and then you would dry it and then you would place it into the oven, set it on fire, let it create a great heat and then open the oven back up, scrape out any ashes that were left and put the bread into the oven and cook the bread. And so God is still clothing this grass, this grass that is just thrown into the oven and burned up. So how much more will he provide for you? You see what I keep emphasizing here, this question that I keep bringing in. It's not something that is a lesser but a greater. It is not a hope that God will provide. It is an assurance that God will provide for you. And so while these plants may die, while they may be burnt up, for Christians, we're not this way. Yes, we will die unless Christ returns before our death. But these plants don't have anything to look forward to after they die. For us as Christians, we have that eternal existence beyond death and beyond the grave, that glorious, greater life to come in heaven. And so that is what we must look forward to. And as he continues talking about the grass, you see again that he's talking to people of faith. But he rebukes them here a little bit. He says, oh you of little faith. He's talking to people that have a faith that is not sufficient. He's showing that this worry and anxiety that they're having is due to a lack of faith in him. And now I've heard a pastor kind of put it in a little bit different way before, which is something that you have to ponder and think about a little bit. And he said, worrying is having faith that God is going to get something wrong. It makes sense if you think about it. If you lack the faith that God is going to provide for you, then it would turn to you having a faith that God might not provide for you. And so we can all often fall into this sort of little faith, this lack of faith. And it's something where we lose sight of the promises that God has given us. Things like the gift of life, the promising of our daily bread, eternity with Him, and even trials and tribulations. And so as a Christian, you should believe in these promises. 
and become people of big faith and holding on to the faith in Christ and not people lacking in faith. So now we kind of know what it means to be anxious. And we know a little bit of why we shouldn't be anxious. But how can you even begin to be free of anxiousness? And we'll look in verses 31 through 34. Jesus says for a second time, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? We don't need to be asking these questions because we would be a lot freer if we didn't. And Jesus continues on by saying, For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And so Christians are called to be different than the Gentiles. That's one way, another way of being free from anxiousness. Now when Jesus is saying Gentiles here, he is referring to the people of the nations. People that didn't know God. People that were often pagans and often heathens. And people of this mindset often tended to focus on living for the present. Living for themselves. They would say things like, live it up. Or things that's even a little bit old for me today. They would say, they wouldn't say this, but an example would be YOLO. You only live once. But as a Christian, what should you do instead? You should have an utter reliance upon God. Because He knows what you need. Do not be like those kinds of Gentiles. In verse 33, Jesus gives us the biggest key to being free from anxiety. When He says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So you're to focus on your own personal relationship with the Lord and prioritize it above all things. Now when Jesus is saying, seek first here, he's not saying an order list. He's not saying, I have to have God, family, friends, work, school, on and on and on. Jesus is saying, prioritize me. He is saying, I need to be above and in all things that you do. And so a pastor by the name of H.B. Charles Jr. came up with a great illustration of this prioritizing of God. And it gives us two scenarios. The first being, imagine one of your friends comes up to your house and knocks on your door. And you open the door. And they're standing there holding a whole cake that is still warm and steam's coming off the top of it. They say that they baked this cake and that it smelled so good that they thought of you and wanted to bring it to you and give it to you. So they rushed it to their car and brought it to your house. What would not be as cool in the second scenario would be is if that same friend came to your house, they came and knocked on your door, you open the door and they have a plate covered in tinfoil. It's just like a little tinfoil. They say they baked a cake. And it smelled and it tasted so good that they almost ate all of it. And then they saw the last slice and they thought of you before it was all gone and decided to bring it to you. Now you may be thinking, what would this have to do with prioritizing God? But I'll ask you one simple question to think about. 
Do you give God the whole cake or do you give him the last slice? Brothers and sisters, God deserves that whole cake. He deserves your utmost attention and priority. And to better understand this priority, we can look to Jeremiah 29:13, when it says, "You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart." To prioritize God, you have to have the mind component. You have to know that you should prioritize God. But you also have to have a change within your heart. You have to want to seek after God. You have to have a whole head and heart change. It needs to be the whole cake. And emphasizing here, when Jesus says all these things will be added to you, He's not promising you with prosperity. He's not saying you're going to get the best mansion, the next Tesla, or the next iPhone. He's saying that God will meet your physical being and well needs each day. And so if you seek God and you trust in Him, you can trust that He will provide for you. And Jesus says again for a third and final time, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. And then he adds that, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is where some of the lyrics of Don't Worry, Be Happy come back in. If you worry, your troubles will double, will only increase. Tomorrow is anxious enough for itself. Don't be anxious for tomorrow. And so, in our present, we often already have a lot of anxieties, a lot of worries to deal with. So why would you want to go ahead and meet more anxieties for the future? It seems to be like a pretty big waste of energy. You cannot spend every day of your life adding up everything that could potentially happen to you. You have to realize God's promise, and realize God's promise in the sense of Hebrews 13.8. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. God promises that he will take care of us. And he will keep that promise. Because he is unchangeable. And he is the same for all of time. And so you're to focus on the troubles of each day as they come. And we sneak right back onto the balancing tightrope once again. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't plan for the future at all. It just means that you shouldn't become so obsessed with the future that you lose sight of the present reality that you're in. Well, now you know what it means to be anxious. That you want too much control over things that you might potentially lose. You know why you shouldn't be anxious. Because God has given the greatest gift of life. And then he provides for things like the birds and the lilies and the grass. And then how to be free from anxiousness. To not ask all those questions consistently. To not be like the Gentiles. To seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And to focus on today's troubles first. So today I challenge you to refuse those anxious thoughts. Instead of having them, and when you do have them, 
instead of being burdened by them, cast them to the Lord in prayer. Think about some of the lyrics from the classic hymn, God will take care of you, or it's also called, Be Not Dismayed. When it says, All you may need, He will provide. God will take care of you. Trust Him, and you will be satisfied. God will take care of you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, may you in your infinite grace give us wisdom and give us grace to implement these principles into our lives. And as we do this, may we rejoice in you each day. Father, if we do not remember much from this day, let us remember to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all that we need will be added to us. Father God, you will take care of us. Help us to remember this, especially as we are slowly beginning this new year of 2022. Help us to remember this no matter how easy or how hard life gets. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.